Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, welcome to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell and you can follow us on socials at Rush Hour Triple M. It's a hot one here in Sydney, 28 degrees and right across our beautiful state of New South Wales. A scorcher tomorrow, Big Dell. How are you doing? Mate, I'm feeling good, mate. That time of the year, mate, you know, cricket, tennis is on, uh, rugby league is coming up. There's plenty going on in sport, but I tell you, I'm like you, I, I'm getting out and about a bit, but like this heat, it still gets to me. But you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. What about you, Big Dell, Big Gussie? Yeah, no, it's certainly hot and humid up here in Brisbane. Of course, the test match starts tomorrow, the second one against the Windy. So I've made my way up here, boys, and I walked from Brisbane up to Triple M today, and it was hot. It was like literally walking into a shower. So the weather up here, you know, you, when you're up in Brisbane, you feel like it's going to storm every yep. every five minutes. That's yeah. exactly how it is. But um, I'm just something's come across my desk, boys, which I wanted to talk to you about. Um, Sydney real estate prices make, it's no shock to anyone that they've gone mm. through the absolute roof. And in fact, it's one of the most expensive places on the planet. But what about this? One bloke who's got a house and a garage has been offered just for the garage itself $1 million. Wow. A lock-up garage. Just the a lock up, just for the garage, just for the lock-up garage, one million bucks. Now, I know crazy. parking's an absolute joke, yep. especially around the around the beaches full stop, but especially in the in the in the city east beaches, but a million bucks just <laughs> yep. to be able to know that you can lock up your car is unbelievable. But this bloke's been offered it, and you know what? The bloke who owns it, he turned it down. <laughs> He's he it turned back. it down because he wanted to sell the house and the garage together. together yeah. So he turned it down. So he's <sighs> obviously thinking he can sell his yeah. house for more than a million bucks to have that garage attached sure. to it. So it is ridiculous it, how much they charge for a parking down there. Yeah, but we've well, seen bo- this. Yeah, you go. Gussie. Bondo's $9.50 mm. uh, an hour. Mm. Uh, in North Sydney, it's $8.20. In uh, Manly, it's around about the 10 bucks an hour. So yeah. anywhere around those beaches, Jude and Dell, it's yeah. an absolute fortune in Australia to, uh, to, uh, to park. I took my girls to the Central Coast. They just couldn't fathom the fact that parking was free at the beaches. Yeah. I'm going, yeah, this is what normally is. That's right. Yeah. It's a free beach. <laughs> exactly. But not in, mate, that's a, a real money spinner for yes. the councils, obviously, right across uh, yeah. all, all around our coastline. So much happening in the world of cricket, and we've got Travis Head joining us at 5.10 this evening, mate. But Gussie, what's happening around the Aussie cricket team? Exactly right. Well, Head is sweet, um, Jude. He has got a negative to COVID, so he is sweet. However, another couple have got COVID. The coach and Cameron Green have both gone positive for COVID. Doesn't mean they can't play under the new rulings, but it means they have to be isolated until they get a negative, which means they can play, be a part of it, but just not in the sheds and so forth. So just a little bit tricky for them Mm. just to manoeuvre over the next 24 hours or so. But I'm up here in Brizzy. The next couple of days looking really, really good. But the weekend and Monday, not looking so flash weather-wise. So we might end up getting a five-day game, but a lot of weather, which means it'll probably be a draw. But Will Sutherland has been added to the squad for the one-day series against the West Indies in place of the injured Nathan Ellis. And obviously, he is the son of the Sutherland that used to run Cricket Australia. So James good to see this new young brigade coming through, Jude. Yeah, my brother actually played cricket with James Sutherland, and uh, yeah, his youngsters coming through.
through and looking really, really strong. So awesome. it's good to see those exposed. What about the Big Bash final tonight, Dell? The Heat yeah. and the Sixers at 7.15 at the SCG. Looking forward to it. I know now we, you two are Sixers fans. Obviously, I'm a Brisbane Heat man. But the Sixers, they just know how to get it done. I'm, hopefully, you know, it's, it's like Queensland versus New South Wales. Exactly. But at the SCG, <laughs> the Sixers know how to get the job done. And we, we talked about the Scorchers this year. You know, they always know what to do. The Sixers to go over there to beat the uh, you know to beat them like they did over there the Sixers it's going to be great tonight should be a cracker and the tennis is uh, fascinating at the moment Medvedev's on court it's five uh, two in the third set it's one set all at the moment uh, been fascinating the uh, the tennis hasn't it mate yeah the business end obviously starting now with the with the second week and so forth so that's exciting but the big news out of it I suppose G was Nick Curios con- contemplating retirement he's obviously doing some commentary he's been doing some stuff on court in which actually Djokovic. is very natural that he's doing a great job of that and obviously a lot of blokes in uh, tennis love him and love his sort of casual approach. So he could have a career there if he wants to do it that way. But uh, what about Ash Barty, someone who won it for Australia, selfishly decided to retire? Um, well, she's confirmed that she's now playing in the New, New Zealand Open in golf. So she's some talent. Yeah. Well, she's a talent. Yeah, she played, uh, obviously, cricket with the women's three out of the Brisbane Heat up there. And then, you know, she's such a good, such a good golfer. Mate, what an amazing talent. And I know Gussie wasn't on the bandwagon, you know, when she, when she won. <laughs> but uh, now he's on. Can't wait to see how she goes. Yeah. Andy Lee is actually also oh. playing in that uh, New Zealand oh. Open as well. So we'll wait and see. And what about the Socceroos last night? Yeah, they got the they got the job done in terms of of not losing the game and and feeling top of their particular pool. So they have to wait now over the next couple of days, boys, to see who they're actually going to play because it's so tight at the moment. It comes down to goal difference. So, but the main thing is the Socceroos are through and they're unbeaten. They were lucky; they had a penalty, which was a little bit how you're going. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's one all and they go through unbeaten, top of the group. Well, we're right behind the Sixers and we can't wait to see the Aussies oh, take on the Windies tomorrow. We all heard the news of David Nofaluma's contract being terminated by the West Tigers. And, of course, there's a, a payout that ensued from there. But we thought we'd speak to a man on the ground, someone who's just a West Tigers diehard. And we're going to bring Paddy Sills to the line. How are you, Paddy? Welcome to the Rush Hour. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm well. How are you? Hey, uh, Paddy. We've seen your uh, some of your posts. And uh, back in uh, early early January 2021, you got a David Nofaluma tattoo. Um, tell us about it, mate. And, and you know, how big that tattoo is. I don't know. I kind of always have gravitated towards him since he came into the first grade side. And then um, I've always wanted to get a Tigers tattoo. And then it was around the time he re-signed. I kind of made a bet with myself that if he did it, then I'd just go and get it done. And yeah, he re-signed and I'm a man of my word. So when I got it done. <laughs> what about the news when it all, all unfolded yesterday? Um, yeah, well, I found out about it through getting tagged then mentioned in about a thousand different uh, posts about <laughs> living, so <laughs> rough way to find out. Thanks, Paddy. Hey, Jude, Dell, he is a bit of a clown. He's got to have some regrets, hasn't he? Why would you go the individual player rather than the emblem of the West Tigers or the Bowmain emblem or the or the West Magpie, whatever it might be? Yeah. Going down that in, individual route of a player just allows you to, to feel like this when a player ups and leaves. So I reckon there's plenty of people out there that do have regrets when it comes to, uh, to tattoos. Yeah, I don't know, but he loves Nofa. I love Nofa Lima too. Yeah, so. It's your favourite player. It's yeah. your favourite exactly. girlfriend or mm. partner. Yeah, but now you like... look like an absolute clown. I mean, <laughs> no. you just wear big shoes and a big red nose. <laughs> my, my mate got the uh, the koi fish years ago and had it was all across his shoulder and 
he's suddenly a father and the likes. He's just gone, I've got to get rid of it. And he's had multiple sessions to get it burnt Mate. off. And Mate, we always go, how the koi fish? How the koi fish Getting a tattoo off is mm. so painful. Yeah. It is more painful ever than ever getting it put on. So Mark Wahlberg, uh, Marky Mark, apparently yeah, he, he, he got like he was covered in tats mm. coming through, and then he sits. He sat his four or five kids, whatever he has, to sit in those sessions, and so they can smell the burning flesh, and just say, just yeah. have a think about if you want to go down that route. But I mean, we'll throw it out to our listeners. I mean, yeah, any some, regrets? Yeah, I'll tell you something funny. Um, when I was at the Broncos, uh, you know. My dad, you know, he passed away and I got a few tats because, you know, I was a bit like sort of, um, you know. Loose? Yeah, a little bit loose. And But but all the boys used to call me Panther and that. Maybe I call myself that. So I got, I got, <laughs> you have I got, called yourself. No, but I've got a black panther on my shoulder and it's it's probably gone now. And um, It's faded a bit. It's, would it's, you get that touched yeah. up or yeah, not? Yeah, I would. I would. I love panthers. It, 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 you know, it embodies me. Like, look at me, like the way that I prance around like a panther. <laughs> anyway, so Gordon tell us, no, I come in and the boys, Gordy goes, Mate, did, did you get a tattoo? Yes. Mate, you should have gotten white, mate. I can't see oh. it, you know. Yeah, but it was good. But it, it, we're mates, and that's pretty funny, but, you know, because I remember, jo- um, you know, Shaq, you know, Shaq was got tattoos and all that, and that's when it all started, the NBA players. Oh, there'd be so many people out there with yeah. those regrets. You sit there and go, yeah. should I? No, shouldn't I? I've, I've mm. got to get rid of it. Yeah, let's start the ball rolling with Tracy. Hey, Tracy, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you going? Yeah, yeah good. good. What's your tattoo regret? Uh, it's not me personally, but my ex-husband back in the early 2000s went to the tattoo shop with a photo of me and had a f- portrait of my face tattooed on his back. The ex has got the full tattoo <laughs> of your face. Has wow. he still yeah, got it now kids. that he's an ex? No, he had it turn into an eye, so it's got our kids' names around it with an eye. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did and you... we're not talking small. We're talking it took up all his right part of his back. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely, Lordy. Let's go to Paul. How are you, Paul? Hi, boys. How uh, you going? Yeah, welcome to the Rush Hour, mate. Biggest tattoo regret for you? Mate, I've got an Elmer Fudd on my back, down my lower back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> suffering suck he, pads. He's, <laughs> he's, hold, he's holding the uh, elephant gun pointed down on my backside going, come out. You wascally wabbit. Yeah. <laughs> you wascally wabbit. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh, oh Gussie loved it. Look at him. He loves it. Mate, Gussie's, Gussie's got the panther, the wild panther yeah. on your butt, I do. You? That, yeah. that was MG's daughter when I lost a bet when the Panthers beat mm. the Roosters back in, oh, I think, yeah. 2014 yeah. or something like that in, in, in the first final. So yeah. I, I don't regret that, though, because, yeah. you know, it's yep. good memory. They beat them quite regularly now these days. Anyway, they, let's, they let's, let's go to Joe there from uh, South Penrith. You know, speaking of Penrith. How you going, mate? How you going, boys? Good, Good joke, mate. Any tally regrets, mate? Um, yeah, I got my sister's. I got my sister's name years ago when I was a young whippersnapper. Yeah. Um, and I spelt our own last name wrong. You spelt your own name what? wrong. Yeah, it's a story behind it, but uh, spell check got me Apple Apple spell check on me notes. I showed her the name, but uh, changed my last name from I don't want to say my last name. It's just, yeah. I put a G in there instead of an S. Oh, no. Why, why did, I got home, the old, you... I got home and the old man goes, dude, you spelt it wrong. And I went, nah, piss off, mate. <laughs> no thoughts of changing it, Joe? Nah, it's too hard to change it now, mate. I'm just, the jenking is, is what it says now, mate, so I'll roll with that. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Let's wrap it up with Stephen. How are you, Stephen? Hello, Hello, Steve. Yeah, mate. Hello, uh, mate. Biggest, my, re- biggest tattoo regret. I was hanging around me mates in the in the room, and he was getting the tattoo. So I grabbed the gun off him, and I went downstairs to the old Olympic baton, 
mm. and give myself a tattoo with his name on it, and now it's stuck there. You've, you've tattooed oh, your mate. mate's name on your member. Is that right? That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, oh, mate. Can, can you talk us through the pain yeah. that must have been yeah. when you <laughs> first put that on your bits and bobs? Well, it's actually surprising it doesn't hurt that much. <laughs> yeah, but okay. what about it, for those who've seen or? it? What about for those who've yeah. seen it? What have they said when you've seen Timmy's name on it? Yeah. Well, they actually said, "Who are you homosexual?" <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say Tim the Toolman or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible! Thanks to all the calls we couldn't get to. Time now to talk some football. This next fella really is a wanderer. And I don't mean as in he's a soccer player representing the Western Sydney Wanderers. I mean, like in that song. He's been around in the footballing world. Rizzy Raw, Kaiserslautern, Freiburg, Fortuna Dusseldorf, Dynamo Dresden. But I also do mean as in a soccer player representing Western Sydney Wanderers, because that's where he is these days. Fun fact, unless you don't want to feel old, this guy was born in 1995, so he was watching that golden generation of Socceroos beat Japan in that magical 3-1 game at Kaiserslautern when he was 11. Oh, it's a wonderful moment at Kaiserslautern! And as mentioned, Kaiserslautern was one of the clubs that he wound up at. Very Cool. He also wound up on Triple M's Rush Hour for a few minutes with Gus, Jude and Wendell, which you're about to hear. Please welcome Brandon Borello. Yeah, good to have you in the studio, brother. How are you? Great. Thank you very much. Um, you know, this is probably another one of my highlights to add to my career. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Of course, you've got uh, Western United on the weekend and at the moment you guys are travelling pretty good. there near the bottom of the table. What do you have to do to make sure you get the three points? Uh, well, you say that, but we played our opponents last week and they were at the bottom of the table as well and, um, you know, we coughed up the points so it's never easy these games it's going to be uh it's going to be very interesting i think we're traveling to tassie or i'm not but the team is um to sort of walk away with the three points we have to keep up there with the uh, top three at the moment mm. brandon you've just re-signed for another three years with the wanderers how important is that for you in terms of just security but knowing your your outlook you know, moving forward yeah it's massive um i think uh the club has sort of shown their faith in terms of you know offering me three years I've got a little one on the way. Uh, I've just been married. So that stability helps. Um, you know, it's one of the big factors in terms of staying. But I've sort of made a made a name for myself um, out west, which I think it would be silly of me to throw away and, you know, try and look for greener pastures where I think it's uh, quite, quite green where I am now. We know the culture of Australian sport. You know, you've got your AFL, rugby league, a little bit of rugby union, but soccer and overseas, I call it football. When you go to Germany and you come back here, is it hard to see how much they love it overseas in Germany and Europe and that, but back here you're sort of uh, down the pecking order? Yeah, look, I'm glad you say that because, you know, we've got our, we've got our national team coach that, that comes on uh, in the media, you know, almost every second week pleading for funding, pleading for, for people to get out and support us. And I think at a grassroots level, um, football or soccer, as you said, is, yep. is outperforming every other mm. sport at the moment. So it's more so just getting bums in seats uh, during the A-League, during the W-League, um, and especially supporting, you know, you would have seen the support that the Matildas oh, had. Oh, huge. Oh, we're huge. Gus wasn't yeah. on board so much yeah. from oh. and Jude and I were from the start. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, we as the Socceroos, um, you know, we'd love to have the exact same support. And we're seeing that now. They're playing in a big tournament uh, in the Asian Cup. But, yeah, Australian football has a little – oh, not Australian football, sorry, soccer. Yeah. Um, it's got a little bit more to go. Uh, it's definitely going in the right direction um, from the bottom up, but 
yeah, coming back was a big, big shock. Um, I think there's been a couple of, you know, hard years in the A-League um, as I've been away. Uh, but coming back, I think last year, you know, we got a few more bums in seats. Um, the derbies were really kicking off. You know, they had that bit of flavour about them last year. Um, and even this year as well, it's going to be great. So we're definitely going in the right direction. Brandon, obviously, Ange is having so much success overseas. Uh, you've played under him. What's he like? Yeah. He's a, he's a guy that comes in on game day and makes you want to run through a wall. Uh, yeah. Through a wall. Like yeah. Wayne you know Bennett. I mean? yeah. yeah. Yeah, very very similar. Um, and in, he gets the backing of his players. Um, he's very clear in his instructions, which is, which is great. And I think um, Tottenham, you know, that club sort of needed that not just stability but discipline um, and you see he's got him firing even with um, even with injuries uh, obviously there was that little dip in performance but um, the players were finding rhythm um, and I think you know sky's the limit with them at Tottenham uh, I think they can really make, make some statements they can't beat Man City there. Liverpool yeah. Look, I'm, I'm also a Liverpool fan, yeah. but if Ange, oh, oh, right. yeah, yeah, here we go. Hear me out. Hear me yeah. out. If if Ange beats Liverpool, um, I'm definitely, you know, I'm not mad about it. Brandon, thanks again for joining us. Hope you're back out in the park, and we wish the Western Sydney Wanderers all the best. And you can catch all of the A League action on Ten, Ten Play, and Paramount Plus. Gus's mental fitness Wednesday. Yeah, Jude, I wanted to talk today about something that came across one of my social feeds, actually, and it it made me cry, and I thought, you know what, this is something that we could share with our listeners and I could share with you guys. Um, So let me set the scene for you. There are a whole lot of parents that are sat down individually, so mums and dads in five or six different snippets, um, and they're asked the question, if you could pick anyone that you could have dinner with, who would it be? So the first couple, the the husband and wife go, oh, you know, I'd love to have with John Travolta, I'd love to have it with Julia uh, Roberts, you know, all these really, and then some blokes turned up and they said they wanted to have it with, you know, superstar um, athletes and that sort of stuff. So it goes all the way through through the parents and they're just picking out all these superstars and A-list celebrities and so forth. And then the children of the adults are asked to sit down exactly the same. So maybe a brother and a sister, then two brothers and a sister of the families. And they're asked exactly the same question. Who would you like to have dinner with? If you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be? Let's have a listen to what the kids said. If you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would you choose? Probably our whole family, like a whole extended family. Mum and Dad. Mum and Dad. Does it have to be a celebrity? Could it be family? We love it. We talk about how school is. We ask Mum and Dad how their day was. Family. Oh, amazing. Go. Yeah. And it goes to show where things go from a small kid who just thinks mum and dad, sitting down with mum and dad and chatting and having that conversation. Somewhere along the line, we forget about that. We become a parent. We become an adult. And as soon as we get that opportunity, who would you like to have dinner with? Anyone in the world. We forget about the most important people in our lives, which are our children and our family. And what we end up doing is trying to pick a celebrity who we think we may like, but we will never probably get the opportunity to to ever have that sort of experience. Del, you, you've had a shed a tear there. How did that make you feel? Oh, yeah. Look, I think it's so close to home. On the back of my daughter's 21st hmm. last week and... Um, now, this will shock you. I, I was sort of with her and like late at night and then her friend was there and she goes, Dad, you got to stay with me. And I said, I'm happy that my daughter asked that. Anyway, so we're yeah. sitting there talking and then she just goes, um, Dad, she goes, I worry about you sometimes too because, you know, your mum and dad have passed away and obviously your sister. And I said, I still got you guys, but 
for a 21-year-old to think that, mm, and she mm. never got to meet my dad. And then, so when I made this speech, I actually just said to her, you're the best part of my mum and dad. Like, so she got Aww. to see my mum, but then mum, obviously, she had dementia and that. So um, Matisse is a beautiful soul and she's a deep thinker. And, um, yeah, but that just, uh, that's so close to home, Gussie. You, you hit mm. the nail on the head. And to hear my daughter speak about that, it just makes you understand that they're not all thinking about celebrities and high-profile people and that, and um, I think it's beautiful. Well, that's uh, part of the reason I'd, we love doing that and hosting those sort of Christmas lunches. We had yeah. 38 at our, at our house and that sort of stuff. But I've, I've lived out of home since I was 18 and that sort of stuff. And I'd, I'd, what I'd give to have... You know, yeah. my grandfather around the table and hear his stories again and mum and dad, you know, I only see them a handful of times a year. They're interstate and that sort of stuff. So, you know, you sort of, I don't know, it just it does hit home, Del, and yeah. yeah. But even, uh, Gussie, with you, I know you love your cricket and back to you, you were in, you were in Perth at this stage and then you spoke to your wife, and not many people know this, but you made a decision, okay, you know what, I need to go to the UK, you know. Talk us through yeah. that. Yeah, no, well, that's exactly what happened, actually. I just, you know, there's some, yeah. sometimes you just feel you're on the other, you're in the wrong place, you're in the wrong side of the world. Yeah. And I'd flown in for the Perth Test match, but spoke to Vix, and there was quite a bit going on in England at the time with my family, which I won't go into. You guys know, yeah. but I won't go into it publicly. And just like you two would have, just family first. Yeah. And when I spoke to Triple M, they said, mate, go. And, I, and you know, luck has it, there was one flight out of Perth with one ticket left. And I just jumped on that and had the most wonderful 20 days. And very similar to you two boys, your, your, your kids aren't old enough, Jude, yet. Mm. But Del, Del and I have got kids yeah. where they're adults. And it's incredible when they want to hang with you. It's mm. just to get a little nod to say, yeah. Dad, do you want to come for a drink? Or Dad, do you want to come for dinner? Yes. You know you've done yes. a pretty good job yes. if your kids want to hang Amazing. with you. So uh, that's why I thought that piece was so magic. And everyone out there listening who are adults, let's not forget what's the most important thing. But I tell you what, guys, there's been an urgent meeting called at the far north, far north in New South, New South Wales, about the fire ants as they continue their incursion into New South Wales, what? threatening the closure what? of public spaces, billion-dollar economic losses potentially, and extremely painful stings. And earlier on, we spoke to Nigel Andrew, an entomologist from the Southern Cross University. Basically, I'm afraid they're pretty scary. They, in terms of an invasive species, they sort of top of the list um you know we've had cane toads before mm. you know we've still got them we've got um varroa mite um fire ants are the next level up they are very aggressive um you know we've got plenty of ants in australia you know everyone's probably been bitten by a single ant or two of them these guys sting and they can sting in their their tens or hundreds or even thousands if you get too close to them and they have a massive impact on humans by that sting um, in the u.s They've, they've, they've killed people with anaphylactic shock, um, but also they can completely change our way of life. If they become sort of ensconced in an area, basically, if they're not controlled, they can take over parks, they can take over our bushland, you know, take over sort of areas in which we enjoy living outside. Well, hopefully wow. we get it under control, lads. Yeah, we need nice. this sort of to be eradicated. Absolutely. Well, I mean, surely we can just sort of basically chuck some petrol down the hole and just... <laughs> burn it up like we used to back in the day, surely. And we can't let these things take over our bloody lives, Del. Oh, look, I think it's more it's more to it than that, um, Gussie. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, mate, he, like, that was pretty serious, huh? It's scary. Yeah. I didn't think, like, potential lockdowns and things yeah. like that to try oh, and minimise it. We can't let an ant lock us down. <laughs> mate, bloody hell. I wouldn't mind getting some ants letting them bite me, honestly, if it really hurts. Oh, hang on. I, I would do that. 
Do you night. like Do you like pain? I love pain. Oh, hello. pain is my friend. <laughs> oh, hello, sailor. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell and the Pink Ball Test starts tomorrow on Triple M Cricket. Triple M Summer of Cricket. An exclusive interview with Triple M's own Travis Head for QuickBooks Online. Hit your business goals for six and save 29 hours of admin a month. Search QuickBooks Online today. Yeah, let's talk to Travis Head now. Of course, he had a bit of COVID a couple of days ago. Trav, are you ready to go? Can you now be a part of the team for the second test against the Windies? Yeah, I'm back. A couple of negatives last night, another one this morning, so um, all good. That's fantastic. Of course, your coach has gone down with COVID, Greeny as well. What's the latest with them? Uh, yeah, Ron was at training today with a mask and everything distance-wise and, um, and throwing balls, so he said he's feeling pretty good, and Greeny is pretty fresh, um, obviously, getting it. So, um, But all apparently fine and, and we'll be playing tomorrow, obviously with different protocols, etc. We've seen Matty Renshaw do that last year, so mm. worked through that over the next 24 hours, and Fingers crossed uh, no one else gets it, but um, if they do, then there's ways around it. And as long as everyone's feeling all right, then we'll, we'll crack on. Trav, what about how special that 100 was for you in front of your home crowd last week? Yeah, not bad, obviously. Um, had great memories from last year, being able to get some runs and, um, yeah, do it again. It's obviously a special moment. I probably I went off a bit dirty last year. I got run out, so I probably didn't take it all in as well as I would have. And, and, and Ronnie gave me a bit of a clip around the year about <laughs> making sure that I, I embraced the, the home crowd if, if moments do like that happen. So nice that 12 months later I was able to do that and take it all in a little bit differently. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's an amazing moment. Nice to, to look back on. Nice to be on the honours board again and for a rainy day when I'm a bit older and hanging around Adelaide <laughs> Oval, I can go have a look. Yeah, well, Trev, talking about, like, you know, your baggy greens and when you're playing for your country, you know, we saw you in the World Cup and we saw in the Ashes. What's it feel like standing there, you know, um, you know, uh, arm in arm with the boys, you, you know, the national anthem's playing, you've got the baggy green, you've worked so hard for it and you're going into battle with, uh, with your best mates. What's that feeling like? Oh, amazing. Um, and you probably, to be brutally honest, there's, there's plays, times where you're probably a bit naive about it all and you're going through a little bit of it. You go through phases where everything happens pretty quickly. I think I'm going into my 46th or 7th test now and it's like, I, I'm, I can't believe I'm that far into it. So it's, it's, it feels like yesterday I debuted, but I feel like when you work hard and, the, and, and you get results out and the team results, and um, obviously there's no better feeling than sitting in the sheds afterwards after a win and singing the song yeah. and all those things that we're going to miss, I think. Sometimes you be a bit naive about it and then not really see the bigger picture of it, but you try, then you have moments in your careers and moments of games. I think every now and then it just sort of, it bricks up again, whether it be a national anthem, whether it be sitting in the sheds and it just sort of hits you again. So, and I think Adelaide does that for me. I think it's a, it's a nice thing that brings me back to everything that I do it for. And because you've got your friends and family, you, you sing the song in front of the members and, um, yeah, it's a nice feeling week. So, um, nice to get some runs, but also it gives you that good perspective of how lucky we are. Yeah, and we're lucky to actually have cricket at the Adelaide Oval. It's one of the most fantastic venues. And uh, chatting to you after the match when you got the man of the match was a real highlight in front of those guys. And they had the four or five hours left of the bar open as well to enjoy <laughs> with your travellers. Talk about Brisbane. Bit of weather around there, saying, on the weekend. Um, but should be a cracking test match. And uh, hopefully the, you can continue and get five out of five for the summer. Yeah, that'd be nice. Obviously, the importance around the Test Championship. I think everyone knows that and we speak about that regularly. But yeah, obviously, uh, the wicket looks really good. So 
Um, obviously, the weather hopefully stays away, but I think it looks like a, a good batting wicket. Um, I seen a photo of it a few days ago, and it might have looked a little bit like last year, but it sort of flattened down in another day game. And speaking to the curators today, it's, I think it will, it will offer some pace with the bowling, but also I think it will be good to bat on. So mm. nice to navigate through those night sessions, but I think we'll see a good fixture. I think their bowling department was class last week. They put us under yeah. high pressure. I know we didn't bat long in the second innings, but um, they put us under pressure, and um, they'll obviously want to get a few more runs, but I think the wicket will also help them a little bit if we can, but on the flip side, if we can put them under enough pressure in the, in, in the lights and under the night sessions and bowl at the right times and we'll be happy. What about the confidence you take out of our bowling lineup? I mean, Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, they've had incredible uh, summers and, and obviously Nathan Lyon as well. Um, yeah, well, the confidence obviously when we face them, the Nets, one is a batter when you get out of the Nets against them. Um, you know you're in pretty good nick if you can knock it out too many times and if you can have all your fingers intact. Mm. So as a batter facing him, um, it was nice to – I was a bit crook still the last few days. So I missed the main training last night, so a good one to miss because I didn't have to face him. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, throughout the summer, I think we've seen our batters have been put under pressure on some of the wickets that we've played on. Um, we've been under the pump a few times, and, and then the bowling team step, sits and steps up. Look at this week against the West Indies. We're able to, I guess, um, blast them out in the, in, the, in the third innings. You look at Pakistan when we, we went in that the sort of sticky situation in, in Sydney in the second innings and we bowled them out. Well, we had them seven or eight for 80 and um, they just blew the game apart. So in big moments, they stand up. We know if we can give them a sort of a day off as batters and let them rest their legs a little bit, they'll come harder for us. And um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're incredible. They're, I don't think there's a better bowling mm. for than, than what we've got at the moment and, and probably ever. Well, Travis yeah. Head, we wish you all the best in the second test. It kicks off tomorrow at the Gabba, Australia versus the West Indies. Good luck, mate. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Triple M's own Travis Head, thanks to QuickBooks Online. Hit your business goals for six and save 29 hours of admin a month. Search QuickBooks Online today. Yeah, now, boys, a little bit earlier uh, this morning on the MG, Mick and MG and the Brecky Show, they had a caller, right? Because they're, they're taking some people to Vegas. They're which is like to Vegas, yeah. One of the most incredible uh, competitions we've ever run on Triple M. The worst holiday stories of what they're after. Let's have a listen to this morning. My mum and I actually went just as a girls' trip before for an early birthday present. I thought I'd treat her by booking all like the accommodation for us, and we got right. a really good deal. So we flew over and uh, we got to the hotel, and it was nothing like the pictures. It was disgusting. <laughs> we ordered two separate rooms and got one with one double bed. Um, so, <laughs> so my mom went downstairs to complain and get an upgrade and they wouldn't upgrade us so we had a massive fight i leave it to be go downstairs to the pool and bar room and hang out with a couple of local girls there and i go upstairs and she's still there you know silent treatment so i go down to the local with a couple of girls and i come back and she's gone and i think she's probably gotten another room but then i woke up in the morning and i got a text that she'd actually left and gone to the airport and <laughs> And so basically, I really was just like, you know, I've got four more days here. Like, that's fine by me. But I uh, went to go to a club and pull out my passport, and uh, my passport was in her luggage. Oh, oh my God. Oh, no. And then I had to spend the uh, remaining uh, holiday money um, at the embassy getting a temporary passport to fly back. Oh, my oh, goodness. That is a nightmare, an absolute <laughs> nightmare in so many different levels, boys. Well, we, we want our listeners to give us a call now, one triple three five three. What happened on the family holiday? I was speaking to a mate yesterday, SJ, and he, he and his wife took uh, their three kids, uh, three boys, over to Thailand for, for Christmas and over the nice. break. They had three or four weeks over there. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole cultural experience they wanted. So they're taking their eating street food and they're getting around, going to the uh, beaches and different things. And, you know, the kids... 
kids are loving it. Just the youngest would have been seven or eight, and then the others mm. are teenagers, and um, they're eating Thai green curries and things like Yum. that. And one night out, I mean, SJ's had a couple of drinks, and um, <laughs> he said, "Let's if get a tuk tuk. Let's get yeah. a tuk tuk. Let's get a tuk tuk for the family." <gasps> no. And as he's jumped oh, no. in the tuk tuk, um, he's looked at the tuk tuk driver and said, uh, "Let's go to Soy Cowboy in Bangkok." Now, I'm not sure if you know what Soy Cowboy is, but it's it's a short street, red light district, about Ooh. 40 go-go bars. Yeah, And you know yeah, the types. What, what a go-go bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, mate. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess oh, there's, I know, I know there's known for some ladyboys <laughs> yeah. in the streets what? and different things. Anyway, wow. even the tuk-tuk driver turned around and went, are you sure? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That should have been the first red flag that for your mate. would have been the red flag yeah. for you. So they turn, up, they turn up in Soy Cowboy, this uh, red light district, and let's just say the kids' eyes are wide open. They're going, oh, yeah. what is going on here, Dad? And then even Ooh. the youngest turned around and said, that, that is surely a girl, Dad. I don't, like, and he yeah. had no idea what was happening oh. at that particular time. Mm. But... I Can tell you tricky. what, yeah, it's a little bit dicey. I think he's yeah. probably he's probably jumped the gun there in taking the youngster <laughs> into the red, red light. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> but we want yeah, what happened on the family holidays? Give us a call one triple three five three. What happened on the family holiday? Our first call. Let's go to Stephen. How are you, Stephen? Hey, not too bad. Mate, not well, too bad at all. Welcome to the rush hour, mate. What happened on the family holiday? Uh, my, at the time, new wife and new baby were on a trip to Queensland. Uh, father-in-law offers his brand new Land Cruiser as a safer model uh, than our family car. Yeah. <laughs> thousands of Ks there and back on the way back. Uh, we stopped at a, um, a, a motel yeah. for the night. A drunk dude um, knocked up onto the car in the middle of the night. The kneeling, the little pimples on the bottom of a beer bottle, indented into the tailgate. So I rang the father-in-law and told him I'd have it fixed before he sees it again. No worries. He was all good about that. Uh, took it to a guy. His shop did a perfect job on it. Uh, parked it outside for the couple of hours before I went to pick it up. And a truck doing a delivery ended up backing up and parking the back wheels on the bonnet. Oh. <laughs> uh, you just got it everything, fixed. Almost everything from the firewall forward was gone. It was just, it was a big oh, options pack, so it didn't hit the write-off mark. Oh, was it my. your father-in-law's pride and joy, was it? It was. Oh, <laughs> you have been the divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you divorced, actually, in real life? I have, I have been for 26 years, and it was 28 years, I think, uh, when oh, we did that. Poor thing. Oh, my you're goodness. Thing. I'm sure you're happier now than you ever were, brother. Mate. Well, great. that's unbelievable. Let's go to Tim there. Tim, um, what happened on your family holiday, mate? Hey, Wendell. Uh, I took my daughter camping quite a few years ago down on the south coast. And it was one of those times where it was just torrential rain the entire time. So I decided, all right, let's go into town, see if we can stay out of this rain. Uh, so I looked up a few different places that we could possibly go. And I came across a pub that was advertising a show called The Wiggle Show. Good now idea. I'm thinking, you know, hanging out with my six-year-old daughter, my mind frame was in kind of wiggles. And I just thought, oh, maybe it's a typo, it's a tribute band. That'd be perfect. Big now, car. I knew this pub mm, had um, access to the, the yum, beer yum. garden that the miners could hang out with. And from the beer garden, you could actually see the entertainment area. So I thought, nice. sweet, perfect. I've got it all sorted out. So we rock on up to the pub. Let's just uh, – the Wiggle Show turned out to be not a tribute band to the Wiggles, but oh. probably a cross between 
puppetry, the penis, and a drag show. Oh, <laughs> no. How did that go down, Tim? Uh, so let's just say I had a very curious six-year-old for the next four days just constantly asking me questions about, what was he doing, Dad? Was that a boy or was that a girl? Oh, <laughs> Any parent-teacher interviews at school? Has it, has it kept on going uh, at all, Tim? Safely um, managed to avoid most of that, but it, she still reminds me of it to this day, of that particular trip. And the things that she discovered about the male anatomy before she ever had a chance to learn about the male anatomy. Oh, oh my father of the year, mate. Father of the year, wow. That, that old puppetry of the penis, though, if you've ever seen it, and people don't know, it's basically blokes nude yeah. using their bits and bobs to... Penises. To be puppets, right? Yeah. And it's incredible how what angles they get into, how they can flip, flip bits the and bobs all over the place. and the oh. uh, elasticity. Yeah, Unbel- yeah. unbelievable, well, mate, unbelievable the, stuff. Yeah, that would be anyway. Well, I won't go into it. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially with yours, big fella. Oh. Oh. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell. I love this time of year. It's NFL playoffs. We're pretty sure our next guest is the only person in the history of humanity to play both AFL and make the jump to the NFL. He's played for the Geelong Cats, where he's a Hall of Famer, but also the Jets, Saints, Cardinals and Detroit Lions. Detroit? 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 Well, we'll ask him. He's the only Aussie to captain both an AFL and NFL side and play in the biggest games in two coats. Wow, playing in coats is really hard. What, was it like trench coats or what kind of coats? Coats, right. Please welcome Ben Graham. Yeah, he's an absolute champion. And like you said, Jude, this is the time of year. NFL is pumping. We've got four teams left, the Chiefs and the Ravens, Mahomes and Jackson. That's where we're going to focus on to start the ball rolling. G'day, Ben. Oh, good afternoon, guys. Still the best intro that I've ever heard. <laughs> really appreciate it. Makes me welcome. It's a great time of the year. It's a busy time of the year. But aren't we pumped for the playoffs? Now, what about Mahomes and Jackson, mate? Two, obviously, quality quarterbacks. I love this matchup. The Kansas City Chiefs are a team all year. We've seen the drop passes. We've seen the penalties. We've seen all the issues that they've faced. But when it comes to the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes just seems to find a way. He turns it on. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. He's got the best tight end in the NFL. And they've got an improved defense, which they've got their work cut out against this Baltimore Ravens offense. Lamar Jackson, MVP three years ago, had the best record in the NFL this year, 13-4. and They did rest their starters week 18, had the first week by after being the number one seed, but they dominated the Texans last week, ran all over them, 229 yards as a team, and Lamar Jackson, third 100-yard rushing game in a playoff, first quarterback to do that in history. He's on fire. This is an awesome matchup. I'm really looking forward to this. Baltimore Ravens are the deserved number one seed, but you can never write off Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. So this mm. certainly is a great way to kick off the conference championship round. Do you see the winner of the Super Bowl coming from this game alone, the Ravens-Chiefs? Uh, well, when you look at leading into this weekend just gone playoff with the Ravens, Chiefs and Bills, gave them a very good chance. The 49ers, though, with the Eagles and the Cowboys losing, you know that they're going to go in as favourites against the Lions. We'll mm. talk about my Detroit Lions. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, look, I think that the Baltimore Ravens should go in as favourites in this game. They've been the best team in the AFC all year. Their defence has been absolutely amazing. They didn't allow CJ Stroud over 175 yards. They stopped the run. This is going to be a ding-dong battle. There's a few injury concerns mm. uh, on both sides, but 
this is going to be one for the ages, guys, and I think whoever wins definitely will deserves their shot uh, at Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. But for the Kansas City Chiefs, this is their sixth straight AFC championship. Yeah, incredible. Game. Unbelievable. So NRL and AFL premierships are hard to win. This is 32 teams, and they've been to the pinnacle six times. So they will start as underdogs, but can't write them off. And, Benny, do your Detroit Lions, you finish your career there, do they beat the 49ers without, without Debo Samuel? Well, see, Debo Samuel's an interesting one. He's so important to this 49ers outfit. Let's go back to mid-season when the 49ers lost those three games in a row. He exited the loss against the Browns. They were without him for the next two losses. He comes back into the team, and they go on their winning streak. He goes out this game last week against the Packers, and they really did struggle. They were a missed field goal away from sending it to overtime, the Packers. So the 49ers aren't firing on all cylinders, and they're going to be on injury watch all week with Debo Samuel's shoulder. It's not fractured. He's important part of their offense. But I tell you what the 49ers did, which they haven't done for 30 times before under Kyle Shanahan, and that's come back from a fourth mm. quarter deficit. That'll give them some confidence. Their defense is doing uh, great things. But the 49ers, like the Chiefs, they, this is their fourth NFC Championship game in their last five yeah. years. So we know that they're full of studs, both sides of the ball. But they're playing the Detroit Lions. <laughs> team. They haven't had any success for 30 years. They won the division for the first time in 30 years. First time at the NFC Championship <laughs> game. A great story, yeah. Years. They were 0-16. They've had... No success. Wow. Those Detroit Lions fans, um, I feel emotionally attached to them playing there for two years. I'm so proud of them. Uh, I'll be watching this game, obviously, um, through my heart. My head says the 49ers will win. Mm. But you just know that, as Dan Campbell said in his first press conference when he got the job, we're going to take him out at the kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, you're Beautiful. the busiest man around playoff time, mate. Oh, yeah. So we wish you all the best and I can't wait for the conference championships. Benny Graham. Righto. Thanks, guys. See you in Vegas. Cheers, mate. Cheers, See mate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's get out of here. It's the Sixers and the Heat tonight and the Big Bash. It's a sellout at the SCG. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a cracking match. And, of course, the Test match starts tomorrow up here in mm. Brisbane. Let's hope the weather holds and Australia can continue their just Test match win after Test match win, boys. I'll be talking to you, all of our listeners, during the cricket. But take care. Get home safe. Yeah, get home safe, everyone. Adios. Bye. Bye. See ya. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.